to the mailbag. My name is Drew Patchell. I'm joined today in Betfair HQ by Pete Jones. Welcome. Hey, Drew. And new to the mailbag, Tom Bishop. How are we doing? I'm good, thanks. So, quickly, first things first. Tom, you are a data scientist. Yeah. It's a pretty neat title. That's a funny name, yeah. I don't know if it really captures what it means or what my job is, really, but... It's a funny title. Well, my first ever title in a professional role was webmaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck finding anyone called a webmaster anymore. Yeah. But it's it's quite interesting how these roles develop. Five years ago, there wouldn't have been such thing as a data scientist anywhere in the world. Yeah. So, so, so where did it all start off there, Tom? Like, um, is this is this your, your first job outside of uni? Or? Uh, no, 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 I've done a few things. I sort of like done. I guess I've had titles that have been like more traditional in that like I've been sort of like working in analytics and um, working in like sort of credit risk at banks and done a bit of consulting and stuff like that around the like the data analytics space um, and I've had a few sort of data science only so it became a big thing maybe like four or five years ago um, and then as it became a, a concept it, it became a big to me so I decided that that's what I wanted to be. I think especially gambling nowadays, I mean, I know of corporates who use data science and buy, well, we saw on the ABC report, a certain sports bet is buying the NAB's data mm -hmm. to then look through trends and using data there from data scientists to try and get people, I guess, probably betting more. That's my assumption. <laughs> but, well, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one yeah. that the ABC did on the sports bet. They didn't find much, but that was probably the most interesting thing. Right. Um, but I... I think I've seen in the past two years, especially with Betfair and what you guys do for the VIP members and even the beginners up and coming, you put on probably about four weeks ago, I came to an AFL modeling event here yeah. and it was quite interesting just to see how to just set up a very basic model that could make profit. Like it was quite simple. It was easy to process and the stats that we were given on the day about the profit from it realistically I probably could have cut out the first three or four years of learning, which were negatives, and based on the learnings, the last three years was very good profit. So sure. it was great to see. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that we've invested a lot in uh, just recently, and um, uh, the, the great thing about Bet there is that um, uh, we're, we're probably the only sort of wagering provider in Australia that um, that actually goes after. Uh, winning punters and we want to educate our punters uh, we, we don't make money off um, any losing bets on the exchange so it's in our best interest to sort of help our customers become more profitable so that's what fits in really well winning's good for you the more you can get them to bet and yep. turn over and win the sure. better for everyone yep so i guess we've obviously i've mentioned the afl modeling there's quite a few different modeling on the betfair hub yep um the horse racing modelling is fairly new. Is it probably six months? Would I be? Uh, yeah, I'd say maybe even a bit less than that. Maybe yeah. sort of the new one came out, I reckon, maybe like three or four months ago. Yeah. And that's been quite a... It's looking at most horse uh, racing venues on the day yeah. and just pumping out and giving a top five on most days. Yeah, it? yeah. At the moment, it's just um, sort of like a rank ordering of the, the runners in a given race. And it's, it's populating a top five. But, um, yeah, we're working on... What, what underlies that is like the full set of ratings um, and we're working on sort of how to pipe that through to the front end and like make the, the, the full ratings set available. So you would say as a model that's fairly progressive in that it's a machine-based learning yep. and 
would you say two years down the track you would probably think with the extra data that it's developed it'd be even better or is it based on um, history so five years of data built into it beforehand yeah I'm, I'm not sure um, I'm not sure if it'll get better um, with sort of more data the, the, the way that it sort of works is that yeah we get a, a historical set of data like we might get five years worth of um, races um, and that becomes sort of our development set of data um, and we basically tune um, the best algorithm that fits that data set we hold out a little bit of the historical data so we might model up to 2018 um, and then you know the first six the first six months of 2018 might be our like test set where we so we use um, up to 2018 to sort of do the training and choose the best algorithm and then to sort of emulate what it would be like to to use and to trade on and stuff like that. Um, we use the sort of 2018 set that we haven't let the algorithm sit to sort of evaluate whether or not it's a good model. Um, so in terms of whether or not it'll improve, um, it's constantly getting new data and um, the, the inputs are sort of up to date. Um, yep. But yeah, it'll be a matter of us sort of um, seeing how the model's going, seeing where it's, what it's good at, what it's bad at, and um, tuning the the algorithm and, and we do that regularly so we sort of are monitoring it and fine-tuning things and learning better ways to um, build the algorithm yeah. I think what would be really fascinating to look at is two years down the track what effect on the data so probably going back and looking at three years of data and going okay let's take Darren Weir runners out of the equation from history and even Robert Smurden runners out of it and even those ones that have then kept racing and see see what it actually did to the markets and if they were progressive and they were still going well or not. It's 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 a fascinating thing, I guess, for you and I both know, and all, all three of us both know that there's been a huge effect on the market. But the machine doesn't know that, and it start keeps having to learn from that, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I've seen. Yeah. This interesting thing about um, modeling in general, like using AFL as an example, like. If you're building a model, like there's a lot of rule changes quite regularly, if you're building a model on how the game is sort of five years ago, it might, you might not actually be capturing sort of the dynamics of the game going forward in like 2019. Um, that's a probably a, a good example where like, yeah, it, it, that might be a, an interesting case to sort of evaluate whether or not you've, you know, properly captured like sort of some of the, the features around the trainer and stuff like that. That's a great point you made. So I'd say as an example, when the second man up rule uh, got taken out, Geelong had blitzards who were going up and they were basically winning all their rucks. Yeah. Then they went significantly downhill as a one ruck team. Yeah. And then even, I guess, probably even, we discussed this at the AFL modelling, but the off-season trades, yeah. Brisbane on the model that was being shown was quite poor and low down the list. Yeah. But their off-season trading had been sensational, the development of their players, yeah. and you... Everyone admitted and said, look, you probably have to then go a little bit deeper from that as well, don't you? Yeah. So it's, it's quite an interesting... Yeah, it's something you have to be do. constantly be aware of, that like, I'm going to use this model, and is the, the dynamics of the sport or racing code that I'm going to be using this model on, are they similar enough to the historical data that I use to train it on? And if the, the, the sport or racing code has had you know, significant changes, it's going to present significant modeling challenges. You, you just won't be able to um, accurately measure how well you're going to do going forward because the data you have is not representative of that. 
I'd imagine it um, it'd be able to capture most of the standard variables quite well. So, you know, possessions, um, contested yeah. possessions, you know, you know, shots on goal, inside yeah. fifties, that sort of thing. But um, but where it, I imagine it gets tricky is with like with certain variables where it's hard to um, get the data on. So like you know, team lineup changes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, rule changes, that type of thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. So in terms of the data that um, Betfair offers, I believe that's freely available on the web. I mean, obviously the, the Betfair hub's pretty awesome just yep. to get that information, but if someone was looking to get a bit further into looking at the data behind it all and maybe building their own model, I know that um, the data scientist team have, like the AFL modeling stuff is freely available yep. online. Yep. Yeah, so it depends on like how public the underlying data is for each of the, the sports or racing codes. So for things like um, AFL, for example, um, there are some public websites that most recreational modelers use. Um, so we're you know, more than able to sort of point you in the direction that most people get their data from and, and the data that we use to build our model. But for some of the other things like horse racing, for example, um, we get our data from hunting form. Um, yeah, so it, it's like, you'll sort of have to get the data yourself. Um, and then there's probably less value in us um, having the full detailed model walkthrough if, if the data isn't publicly available. Makes sense to me, yeah. Perfect, well, that's been quite enlightening for me. I, I'm, as more, the more I get into racing, the more I get into well, betting in general, the more I'm looking at the automation of things and ways that, from all these events I've gone to, I've talked to 10 to 20 different people who have their own bot or system going that they just follow on a ritual, you know, basis that helps them win. Yep. So I can see that it's a way forward of just saving time and saving a bit of energy. So yeah, yeah there's probably, yeah, like there's that aspect, there's sort of like the automation and that, that can help you, yeah, with lots of things around like um, being consistent and not sort of ever letting human errors come into um, the betting process. Um, so that, that can be valuable if you're not sort of ready or don't think that you're prepared enough to go into the actual, the other side of it, which is the, I guess, like programmatically building your predictions and, and being a bit more systematic about the way that you're producing your ratings or producing your, your sort of forecast for a given race. Um, so it's, it's good to think about them, there being two components. So you can sort of still be someone who produces manual, like does the form that produces your ratings manually, but you can also sort of enhance that in that you um, you place your bets programmatically and you're a little bit more systematic around your bet placement. Yeah, there's nothing better than being six beers deep at the uh, races on a Saturday and accidentally accidentally <laughs> putting a three unit bet when you would normally put a one unit yeah. bet, isn't there? Yeah, from experience. <laughs> Ooh, at the water ball, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay when it comes off, but yeah. you know, yeah, that's what you want to talk about. Of course, yeah. but that's that, that I think is probably the key to, I would say, programmatic betting, yeah. is that you're, you're kept to account. Yeah. You're not varying your own information. I mean, yeah, you can say, okay, I've had a good two weeks, let's suddenly increase the bank by 20% that we're betting. And guess what happens? Variance goes against you yeah. and you, you got a little bit greedy. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting to think about the same problem happening when you're actually sort of it's not just you're applying your ratings, but also creating your ratings. I think it's sort of like you can watch races and stuff like that and maybe have a bit of recency bias in that, you know, maybe some things you thought were going to win 
um, haven't won in the last four and the things you thought were important, you sort of start to question whether or not they're important. But there's a lot of variance in, in betting and um, systematically and statistically producing ratings can prevent you from sort of overreacting to, to small trends and sort of just um, trying to explain the races with the variance, the inherent variance that happens in them, I think. So if someone was from the public who's watching this is wanting to get involved in trying to find out a little bit more about building their own system, Pete, who would they go to? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess um, uh, you can you know, feel free to, to send me a DM on Twitter. Um, if you don't have a Betfair account, we can get you set up with a Betfair account. We can get you to come along to um, our workshops. Um, we, we have a workshop in Melbourne every, every couple of months, usually, um, just on, on various things. Um, uh, if, you're, if you're after data, if you're, you know, data might, um, might be the first step in sort of um, you know, creating your model, um, getting set up. And then if you've um, created a model that you think might be successful, you've back-tested it um, and want to get into, involved in the automation side, we can, we can certainly help you out there as well. So, and, and Tom, um, you know, feel free. You know, Tom's one of our data, science, data scientists, um, our full team of uh, data scientists, they're, they're sort of on hand. To be able to sort of help customers sort of get to that level of um, you know finding an edge and becoming profitable using that there, so feel free to DM either of us and we'll be able to help you. Pretty disappointed he didn't have a lab coat on. I was, I was expecting a nice lab coat, a couple of beakers to come out, but I wish I could wear one of those to work. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on. It's yeah. been a pleasure and go well, and we'll look forward to the model at Caulfield on Saturday on the Bet Bear Hub. Yes, yeah. awesome. awesome.